You're listening to the Boldface Truth Podcast, episode 486. You can find information on anything referenced in this week's episode at amygreensmith.com slash EP486. there. Check you out listening to self-help pods and working on yourself. Fuck yeah. Quick question. You know those situations where your boss asks you to take on one more thing or your partner asks what's bothering you and you respond with a bold-faced lie? Oops. What would shift for you if you actually started telling the bold-faced truth? Everything. Listen, if you struggle with people-pleasing, perfectionism, and you could use some help with boundaries or speaking up, you are in the right place. Thank God. I am Amy Green-Smith. I'm a certified and credentialed life coach, hypnotherapist, and keynote speaker. Fancy. And I've been working in the personal development space since the mid-2000s. Vintage. Sometimes I'll be solo, other times you'll hear from smart folks offering you easy-to-implement tools to help you tell the bold-faced truth. Yes! Well, hello, pod people. Amy here, and we are continuing with our mini-series all around spirituality. So if you have not caught the last two episodes and you are curious about spirit guides and mediumship and psychic ability, I highly encourage you to check out those two episodes. Today, I'm going to give a call to my pal Denise Coral, and she is a bit of a badass in her own right. She is a psychic medium who has been very highly sensitive since she was incredibly young, and her father was a gifted psychic medium. He was, I believe, a clairaudient, and we're going to get into it. I'll talk to Denise also about the four clairs, if you aren't familiar with them, because she she has abilities in all four of those categories, clairaudience, clairsentience, clairvoyance, and claircognizance. So we'll get into that for sure if we're able to get a hold of her. But she is, too, an empath and can deeply feel emotions, and she can also even feel physical symptoms off of someone else, which is quite curious. Now, her mom was super intuitive, but also extremely religious, so there was a little bit of that to kind of navigate and figure out. And like a lot of people who have these gifts, she initially hid those talents and natural abilities, but now she's incredibly grateful and thankful to be able to share these gifts with with others and be of service. In fact, her website is The Grateful Messenger because she looks at it at that way, that I am this vessel, I am this portal to be able to communicate and give these messages for healing, which has really been a, a very consistent through line with the last two guests we've had as well. But one of the things that I really dig about Denise is that her past past life, which I say in jest, was as a special education teacher for many, many years. And she has an undergraduate degree in emotional disturbance. Her master's degree is in educational leadership with postgraduate work in education and counseling. So she has an extreme academia, scientific, logical piece of her that is always coming into play, which is such an interesting marriage with such extreme empathy and psychic ability and mediumship ability. So I want to give her a call. She also talks a lot about past life regression. And this is something that I learned about in hypnotherapy when I was training. And the idea is that when you put somebody into a light trance where they're kind of in between awake and asleep, they are able to look back and gather wisdom and insight from past lives that they may have been a part of. And you can look at it and do this work through a a number of different lenses. But I know this is something that Denise does quite a bit, and I definitely want to get her take on it. So let's give her a call and see if we can find out some more about psychic abilities and mental health and past life regression. Oh, hi, Amy. I'm so glad to be here with you today. I just slid into the driveway sideways just to be here on time to meet with you today. I'm so excited. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So like a fast and furious situation? Like, Oh, yeah. yeah. Rolled over the hood of the car, the whole thing, which is really colorful when you're in act three. 
to watch someone do that. So it's fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, cool. Well, I'm hanging out over here with uh, the audience and we've been talking about spiritual stuff and I thought, okay, I got to give Denise a call and see if we can just have a little conversation about past lives and mediumship and all the things that that you've really created a practice doing, you know? Um, do you have a little bit of time or do you need I to do. get on no, the heating I... pad or get some ice or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm good. If, you know, but practice makes perfect. Um, it's all muscle memory at this point. So I, yes, I love, love, love what I do. I've always been wired this way. I think that we're all wired this way and that some people embrace it more readily than others, but it's not anything special that one person does that someone else can't do. I, I was very lucky to grow up where it was pretty normalized okay. in my family. And as far as multiple lives, I think when you start to pay attention to things that you can't explain in this lifetime or things that just keep repeating over and over and over. And you're like, where in the hell is this coming from? I've done my work. I've pulled out that taproot and it still comes back. You might want to explore, is this something that I carried over? Is this something, you know, with karma or with certain people in my life? Or I, I notice that a lot when people will be dating and it'll be the same person with a different face over and mm -hmm. over and over and then you go back and you explore a little bit. And it's like, oh, holy shit, this started lifetimes ago. Yes. But what's really, really cool is a lot of the people that I'm talking to right now, it seems like there's an attitude of it ends now. It's over. It's mm -hmm. going to stop with me. And I think we're doing that on a personal level, on a social and cultural level, on a global level, is we're saying, you know what? Enough is enough. Let's... Let's just pull that root out once and for all so that we can start to really embrace being part of humanity again. When I went through my hypnosis training, one of the core components of it was past life regression. And one of the things that they talked about was uh, one of their rules was that you don't encourage people to do it, but only if they ask for it, mm -hmm. which I thought was an interesting, an interesting perspective because... I'm, I tend to be in the business of like, hey, you know what, what might be kind of interesting is a journey like this, or we could try something this way and let, sort of an offering and inviting. I'm curious what your perspective is around that of uh, suggesting versus allowing somebody to search you out and say, hey, I want to do a past life regression reading. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful question, because sometimes it can be almost a and this sounds light about it, and I'm not being but kind of a kitschy thing. Oh, I had a past life regression and this yeah. and this happened. But I see it more of a way to really tune into your own inner knowing and light and get clarity so that you can heal. And it's a, it's a modality like anything else. But I think that sometimes, I, I agree with you. I think people should come. I've been trained with um, four sham shamanic practices for past life regression regressions. And also through the Edgar Casey Foundation for, you know, uh, learning to do the regressions as well. And there's commonality between the two approaches, but it's always about the individual, the intention they set and what they're trying to heal. Yes. And there's, you know, I think there's great responsibility in that. And I know you've talked about that a lot, too, of uh, making sure that you aren't being agended. And, mm -hmm. and there, there really is a, an important element, I think, for any type of practitioner. And so when people are like, well, should I do coaching or should I do therapy? Should I? And I'm like, you should go where you feel held and where you feel seen and where you feel um, supported and safe because it all works. It just comes down to, is this the right practitioner for me? One of the other things that they had talked about that I remember from that training, and I would love to get your thoughts on this. When you would when you would regress back and and pinpoint someone uh, or the life that you lived in the past, the way that that individual passed on or died usually would be indicative of some sort of physical ailment that the person is struggling with currently in present day. So, 
maybe they find that they got stabbed in the back and you lower back and they've had kidney issues. And they're like, why, why have I, why do I have all these kidney issues in this present life? And then they can go back and kind of see, am I making any sense? Is this a real thing? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Especially if you're talking to people that are very linear, very practical, very grounded you're in it. You don't want to sound like a wingnut or airy-fairy woo-woo, but there is some validity to it because I've seen that the practice of when you brought someone through a regression and what's flashing in my mind is there was a person that I worked with a few years ago and has had significant neck and throat issues their entire life. And this is a person of age. So, you know, it's not like they're 15 years old and they're saying, oh, my whole life. And we went through the regression and there was an incident with a hanging that they Mm. had experienced but then after that they and they got the reason why and they understood some of the dynamics with people in this lifetime that were connected with why that situation happened in that past event and they were able to start from here moving forward to say wow i don't need to carry that anymore and it was a really significant shift for that person and i've seen that a lot where people may have uh, phobias or fears or They'll hold themselves back because there they're, there's some innate fear of letting themselves be seen or known or or whatever. And then they'll go through a regression and they'll say, oh my gosh, that already happened to me. I don't have to keep experiencing it. So here's where my the scientific part of my mind goes. And I know you have this too, right? Yeah. It's like, God damn it, when the woo picks you and you're like, but I like science. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, shit, but the woo picked me. Um, In my head, I go, okay, well, that's just what my psyche is producing in order to give me the answers that I need. Is that false or is it like, so what? You're getting the answers that you need. Right. And see, I love, love, love that you said that because I do. I, this is the way I'm wired. I've always been this way. I have no doubt that it's a real thing. I I practice it. I teach it, blah, blah, blah. But I would be a liar if I didn't say sometimes I will finish a call or finish a session and say, Denise, you sound batshit crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's just doesn't trigger in my logical mind. I love neuroscience. I love mental health. I love there. I'm trained as a behaviorist. I want there to be a catalyst for the behavior. And when we get into things that there isn't a definitive reason and there isn't, but the coolest thing, I'm so excited about this, uh, Yale School of Medicine is starting to test clairaudient mediums to Mm. see how they turn it on and off with a hope of coming up with some research that will help people who who have uh, psychotic episodes or who have auditory hallucinations that are, are negative. And I think that that is so exciting to think that there could be a bridge between the two worlds that is actually starting to get acknowledged more. Well, even as you were talking about that in in that you would be sitting going, Denise, are you crazy or you sound batshit crazy? I think it's also a little bit of a the cultural problem, the systemic social problem that I have often said that we are born with all of this divinity, all of this knowing, all of this intuition. And then it is, boom, let's breed that out of you as quick as we fucking can. And <laughs> and I call it I call it the cognitive override. Let's override everything, intuition, um, what's being pulled, what you're being pulled towards. Let's put all these gender norms and religious norms and uh, social norms on you so that when you actually are tuning in, you feel like a nutcase. Exactly. Exactly. And if you have any organized religion in your background and i'm not promoting or 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 being negative about anyone because i brought i was brought up in organized religion and it kept me from this work for a very long time because a it says right in the bible that you're going to hell so now what's really cool is i'm at a a place in my life where if someone says you're going to hell i'll say you can sit next to me and i get the window i mean What are you going to say? Because I don't think we're going to hell. I think because little people, look at little people. They come in pure rays of light, completely wide open. They don't worry about it. They know it's there. They trust it. We all have that capability. Well, and I've gone down a couple of rabbit holes with things that children have said 
that have been very indicative of where the life that they just came out of. And uh, so, of course, <laughs> being the woo in my family, uh, that everybody is quite clear that I grew up in a very, very conservative born again Christian family. And so immediately, so my dad passed in 07 and then my brother, uh, my middle brother has had two sons. And so of course I'm like, do you think it's dad? Did dad come back? And they're, and, and that freaks them the <laughs> fuck out. Right. They're like, what are you saying? You know? And then I'm like, well, have they talked at all about past lives? Were they, were they on a ship? Were they a captain? Were they, you know, <laughs> and I and everyone in my family is a little bit like, Jesus, Amy, God. But I'm I'm curious about that and and the epigenetic element that you were talking about earlier of it stops with me and how there are so many people, I think, who with the past life regression in uh, information, no matter really, truly where it comes from, it doesn't matter. But having that information where you can go, oh, I'm not going to repeat this again. So I would love to talk to you about your specific journey. And before before we talk about that, we mentioned this a little bit last week, but I would love for you to just give people who maybe didn't catch that episode or who aren't familiar with the four Claire's and what they are and then what your sensory preferences, I guess, of those four. So, I mean, there's the clairvoyance where you can see and there's subjective and objective clairvoyance. Where a lot of people think that if you're clairvoyant, you're seeing an apparition, you're seeing things with your your mm. your normal eyesight, but it's actually more for many many people. It's more like a, a sense of a of an image in your mind it is a great way to describe clairvoyance. Clairaudience is clear hearing. You may again subjective or objective that you may hear something outside of yourself. You may hear it in your own in your own mind, which again. My very practical son said, you know, that's schizophrenia when you hear voices in your that are there. It's, it's okay. <laughs> They're not telling me bad things. And then there's, okay, so clear, yeah. clear cognizance where you just know things. You don't know why you know things. And it just may fly out of your mouth, knowledge, events, whatever. Uh, clear sentience where you're very, you sense things. You feel them very deeply. And I think for a lot of highly empathic people, that can be their default position. They just are so sensory. Uh, there's also uh, clear gustins, which is clear smelling. There's clear taste. I mean, there's so many different ways. And the more you explore this, oh, wow. the, the more you realize that spirit will use whatever your memories, experience, expertise are to bring through that information. So based on your background, you're going to have a different uh, way to present information from spirit than I would or anyone else, because I always teach people, learn your own unique blueprint for how spirit works or comes to you. And then you're able to apply that and be more of a messenger. And and I understand your dad was also clairaudient. Is that correct? Incredibly. My father was an amazing, amazing medium. And if you have to think back in that time frame, yeah. because I'm older and my father would have been brought up you know, born in the depression. So mm -hmm. most people that are listening to this, it would be their grandparents or great grandparents. And so I grew up knowing that you listen to that little voice within how to sense things, how to pay attention, you know, how to sense death, how to read people. And it was just normal in that home environment. But my mother also very, very intuitive, but was brought up strict, strict Catholic. Mm -hmm. So we I had that mix between the two. And I do think that for a lot of people, there is a, it may come easier. I'm putting May in there very strongly. It may come easier for you if there is a genetic lineage or if it's been normalized since you were a small person. Interesting. Okay. Because the way, the way I kind of view it is almost like a muscle that's been atrophied that it's it can still gain strength but it's like did you have a family that sat on the couch or did you do turkey trots every thanksgiving where you got up and you worked right you worked that muscle out and so it sounds like you had a situation where that muscle got worked consistently and applauded can you talk a little bit about that dichotomy of the religious influence and then the the spiritual influence i can because i think a lot of people I don't want to say suffer, but are are coming to terms with the way that they may have experienced religion as a child or and it 
it I'm not a big fan of doom and gloom, fire and brimstone of you're going to hell, you're not loved. You're I I just can't. I also my own personal opinion is it makes absolutely no sense to me because you sit in a certain building or you have a certain belief system that somehow you get more of an in than someone else. That just doesn't make logical sense to me. Right. Um, but I do think that that was a real difficult thing because if you're, and I was, I was incredibly, incredibly sensitive and shy when I was a, a child that I was afraid. And I think that's the whole thing is when you're afraid of what you're being taught in religion or school or in your environment, you tend to tap that down really quickly so that you can't get hurt. You can't get uh, called out. Going back to the past life stuff, I think a lot, it comes up a lot that people were persecuted in another life for, for speaking their truth against religion or in support of a different form of spirituality. Right. Wow. So this this just kind of came into my mind, and I'm super curious what your perspective is on this. If you are getting messages as a clear audience, right, like it's coming through as mm-hmm. words or as sort of like sort of that auditory digital self-talk thing, do does it how do you differentiate between this is me? like my self-talk and when is this spirit guides or external influence or is it both? I don't know. I, I think it, it can be both. I, I think because again, that logical mind, I'm a big fan of both hemispheres light up and to pay attention to both. But I also think that you're, the more you trust spirit, the more you, the, the basic thing is get the hell out of the way and let it come through you, not from you. And with clairaudience, a lot of times people think it's, oh, there's a voice. But many times it might come through that suddenly you hear the lyrics to a song and you get a, a, an earworm and a song is stuck in your head. And it's like, why in the hell is that song stuck in my head? You Google the lyrics or it reminds you of a certain person in spirit. That's a form of clairaudience. If you're hearing bells or sounds or ethereal music. So I think a lot of times people think it's always just a voice in your head and it's not. Their audience Mm. can manifest in a lot of different ways. As far as differentiating between am I making this up in my head or is this actually coming through me or from me? I think an important part of that is if you're going to do this work is to know how it works for you, number one, and also to to have a, a a time where you, a ritual, a routine to open up to spirit. This is when I'm working. This is when I'm connecting, not just willy nilly random of always being open because I, I don't think that's healthy for you or, and it's not fair to spirit. Yeah. Oh, that's, that was another question that I had for you is, do you have to create either or both internal and external boundaries of y'all I'm not I'm not accepting any commentary right now <laughs> you know I'm watching real housewives I am checking out like leave me alone <laughs> and or external boundaries with family or friends who are like can you read me can you tell me where you're like yeah I can't wait to fucking work more this is my work <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. So talk to me about boundaries. I think boundaries are a work in progress for all of us, especially people who are mm-hmm. sensitive or, or doing service work. To me, this is completely service work. Yes, it's my business, but it's also, I work for spirit. I'm I'm doing this. It, it's a three-way connection between the person you're reading, spirit, and and the medium or the intuitive or the healer or, you know, pick a modality. But I do think that the, with being able to turn it off and on and Doing this professionally and also being wired this way personally, I'll watch things that people say, oh, I can never shut it off. I'm always on. I'm always getting bombarded. And I'm thinking, you can't survive that way. You you cannot navigate right. life constantly being in that zone. And if you are, then please, please take care of yourself and learn to turn it on and off so that you can do grounded, everyday living things. We're blessed being carbon-based. We get to be in this physical body mm-hmm. to enjoy things that we potentially can't in other realms. So it, it's a matter of this is when I'm working. And for a lot of people, it can be getting grounded. It can be opening up your chakras. It can be sending out heart love. It can be inviting spirit to come closer. 
do I pick up on things around people that I love or I, I've never read my children. I don't think it's appropriate. I don't do readings for family because they're too close. You know, their story, you know, everything mm -hmm. about them. But for friends, if I get something, I might let them know. But it's, I do think the boundaries of nobody wants to feel like a dog and pony show. I think you understand where I'm going with that. A hundred percent. So I'm curious, I noticed on your site that you describe yourself as an evidential medium. Yes. Can can you talk about the evidential qualifier? I haven't seen that listed before. Again, going back to that science, to that logic is if I said to you, oh, I have your grandmother. She loves you. That's great. But if I brought through and described your grandmother and gave enough evidence that you could said, holy shit, that's my grandmother. And then I bring through the message and then I bring through. So I think that there's a shift in mediumship right now. I've done a lot of training, et cetera, over the years. And, and that's one of the benefits of being older and doing this is you have a lot of bandwidth. And if you've trained with any mediums from the UK or any traditional mediums, the, the code of conduct was always give evidence, 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 message, bring through enough validation that you know who it actually is. What I'm seeing is a shift now where people want the real healing comes in is when you bring through the love, the message, the personality. Personally, I love blending. I love light trance where you allow spirit to come close enough and you really feel them. You start to move like them. You start to get their mannerisms. You feel physically in your body what they experience. That is an amazing, amazing experience, but it also is our job as mediums is to bring them back to life to bring them back. That's where the healing happens. And if I could bring someone through to you and you knew they were okay, and I could describe what they looked like or what they sounded like or mannerisms that they had, that is going to help you find peace in a way that so many things, if I just said, oh, it's your Graham, she's good. It's, it's not, to me, that's not mediumship. And again, personal opinion, I always have to, to validate with that is, is um, there are a lot of hacks out there right now. And, and that troubles me because this isn't mm -hmm. about, hey, look at me, where's my sequence dress? This is very much about helping people find peace or solace or heal through grief. I see that a lot in, in the personal development space, the quote expert space. But I mean, this is not new. I mean, we have charlatans in religion and in medicine and in new age work. And, and again, this is why I think the intuition piece is so incredibly important because then you get to have your own answers and you get to you get to go this person feels connected to me or i i agree with this or this feels good so something that that i do consistently with my students and clients is i'll say this is my perspective here's what i'm seeing i want you to try that on like a dress you would try on but you under no obligation to buy that dress I want you to decide, yes, I agree. And for that reason, I'm taking this informed action, not because Amy said, because the last thing we need is a bunch of people feeling like they're reliant on another person's wisdom when they actually have it themselves. 100%. Absolutely. And that's why when we were talking about the clears a minute ago, if you can go to a class and they're going to say, this is the way that I do it and you should do it this way. But if you learn how you're wired and how it works best for you, it's going to open huge doors that no one else can open for you. Yeah. Well, you you mentioned earlier a, uh, a term called blending. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about what that is and how it shows up for you? Sure. It, that's when you, I mean, you. they always say if you're going to connect with someone in spirit, you're making a link. But when you blend, you pull their energy closer. So where everything is held in our auric field. And that doesn't immediately go away. So what you're doing is you're asking that person in spirit to come close enough into your energetic field that you can feel their energy. A, a technique you can, can try, which if anyone does this type of work, is when you get them closer, you'll start to, you may physically in your, your, your body's a beautiful barometer for what people in spirit are going to bring through. You may get a physical symptom of, I have three distinct things I get for, for heart. So if, if I feel one of those, I might know that the person is coming closer that they had heart disease or a heart attack or heartache. Those are my three. 
or if suddenly my my legs and I feel like I can't move my legs or something, I'll know that they had mobility issues at their end of life. Or so your physical body can react when you when you pull them close enough for a blend. You may also start to feel uh, feel larger or smaller. You're inviting them to mm. and see this this goes into the wing nut category if you think about it because. <laughs> Because to me, it's normal and I love it because it's not they're not possessing you. They're not overtaking you. They're not you're in complete control. You're just it's similar to if someone sits close to you on a bench yes. and you feel their energy. That's all you're doing. Yes. Yes. And and I think we need to have those sorts of metaphors so that it's like it's normal. Hey, it's normal, right? Oh. Where if you think about EKGs or EEGs, like we're just reading heart activity or brain activity as energy. That's an energy barometer. When you're talking about sitting next to somebody, you can even feel heat off of them. Mm -hmm. You know, you can feel all sorts of stuff, angst or, you know, emotional contagion. <laughs> um, so essentially blending then is permission for spirit to allow you to experience what they experienced or who they are. That that's one aspect of it. Yes. It, and it often that's when you're able to bring through the evidence, the message and the healing that is going to most impact the person that you're working with. Okay. Because to me, the a beautiful, beautiful compliment is, and I don't remember readings. I work as a channel. It comes through me, not from me. And if someone says to me, they'll say, oh my God, you sound just like him. Or that's exactly the way she used to move her hand when she talked. Or, you know, they had a shake when they would hold a cup. So when you can bring through that and it's enough to help people realize that there is a continuity of life, that there is a soul light that continues. Yeah. So you mentioned channeling mm -hmm. and we've talked about mediumship. Is there a delineating factor that is the difference between mediumship and being a psychic? Or is that kind of different for everybody? No, I think it's very different because in intuition, they, there's an old saying, you know, that all, all mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. So with intuition, it goes back to the auric field. We're all reading each other all the time. And the, the, when you think about people that you love or that you're connected to or a partner or even your pets, you you know, you know when they're calling, you finish sentences, you're doing, you're you're in their auric field, you're picking up on it, you're you know their energy. And our logical mind was, oh, we're based on, you know, it's repetition of behavior patterns and blah, blah, blah. But then when you're reading mediumship, you're connecting with something else. So psychic, you're reading the person in front of you, or you're getting an intuitive hit, or you're realizing I should take the mm. expressway and not the straightaway because if there's something will push you in a, in a direction, which can be a guide, an angel, someone in spirit, or just your own inner knowing. Mediumship, you're connecting with something else. You're bringing through, if you're connecting with people, you're bringing through someone that was incarnate on this. They had a lifetime. They had, and that's what I, I always tell people is somebody loved that person you're connecting with. Somebody knew them as a partner, a child, a, a friend, a lover, a, a a spouse, bring that back. That that's who that's who that's why they show up is they want to let you know that they're still around. If you're able to, and this is where my logical mind gets in the way from work that I've done, I truly believe there are multiple realms. It's all energy, vibration, and frequency. Depends on where you want to align to. I I get that. So if you feel the frequency of the angelic realm and bring those messages through, it's like a different frequency, a different vibration. If you go to the ancestors, if you go to your guides, there are a lot of people, this isn't my forte, but a lot of people will connect with uh, off-world beings and they'll bring through messages. My logic gets in the way with, we. I can't validate that. I can't. Right. I, I can't bring you back something that said he's six foot two and had brilliant blue eyes. Because then my mind goes immediately to, yeah, but when you are in a schizophrenic episode, those are, those are very real to you too. Like Exactly. So it, it just, it starts to go, ooh, where does one stop and one start? And what is in service of me and what's not? And what is healthy and what's not? Um, 
thank you for that distinction. That that is super super helpful because I think it kind of all gets lumped into one category, which is really unjust because there's they really are quite quite different. So you mentioned the various realms, right? Like ancestors and et cetera. And I've heard you talk about your guides and your team. Have you ever had to kick someone off the team? Or are you like, you're benched. <laughs> you're you're gonna sit this one out. Um, or have you, no, no or new people haven't no. come in. Have you had new people oh, come well, in? Well, it would be different. See, that's, what's interesting is I, I don't have a big, I, I call it the dream team. And I, I have these, they're there, they're there to help you. They're there to protect you and guide you and give, be there all of the, those wonderful things. But I don't, some people say, Oh, I'm doing my laundry. I have to get my laundry guide. I'm going to the, I need my, I, that's not my deal. I think that there are, I think we all have a team. I think we all can connect with that. They say that you have uh, one personal, you notice how I put that, that they say that because yeah. again, it's not as, as concrete as some of the other things. Do I feel that there is a presence with me that has been with me through my life that has agreed to help me navigate being on the planet and, and try to honor everything I came here to do? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do I think that I have had my ass saved more than once with situations where I shouldn't have walked away from? 100%. Mm -hmm. If that falls in the category of a guardian angel or a guardian, I know it's there. Right. I, I, because there are, there are circumstances. I think so many of us have those. Um, but no, I've never had to kick anybody off, but that's a damn good question. <laughs> well, I just think about like the mentors that we have in our life change through the, our various decades. And, mm -hmm. you know, I kind of wondered like, ooh, would you ever outgrow a guide that was really great for you in your 20s? Or, you know, would you add additional ones as loved ones have passed on? Or Well, I think that's a, a really good point is that uh, my my father passed unexpectedly quite young, so he never met my sons. And my mm -hmm. younger son, when he was little, little, little tiny guy, and he would say things that only my father said, like certain expressions, certain words, certain mannerisms. I had never said them. He had never seen them modeled. He had never heard them before. And this little tiny guy, and I said, where, where did you, why did you say that? And he said, I don't know. I think it was just in my head. And he was just so cute. But mm. do I think that my father was whispering in his ear and saying, watch your mother's face when you say this? A hundred percent. So do I think there have okay. been circumstances for that son that in my soul, I know that my father was looking out for him. I have no doubt. I, I would go to the mat with that one. Do you see psychic abilities or even, you know, any of the clairs in your boys? Yes. And that's where genetics are absolutely fascinating because yeah. one, and interesting, the son who is very linear, very practical, very grounded, A leads to B, this is how mm -hmm. you task analyze, was actually the more open and intuitive when he was a little tiny guy, but he shut it off and he can Yep. He can dream about how to repair things, how to fix things, how to make them work better. It's a form of intuition. It's just a different, and, and he, yeah. so my other son is more the creative, the intuitive, the, but I, I think it's, it's normalized, but people have to find their own path with it and to stick it into a little tiny parameter of, Oh, I'm really intuitive. That means I have to do readings or I'm really intuitive. So I have to be, a me I'm really connected with spirit. So I have to be a medium. No, it might manifest that you have an amazing relationship with animals and nature or that you are such a kick-ass social worker because you can empathize and feel what other people are feeling. Mm -hmm. So I think so many of us are wired this way. We can just embrace that. It doesn't have to become what we do. It's just who we are. Do you feel along those same lines, do you feel like there are some things, and this might send us down a, just a gnarly <laughs> rabbit hole, but, but fuck it, let's do it. Um, do you think that there are any terms that are thrown around now that are seemingly clinical, 
like being a highly sensitive person Mm -hmm. or having sensory processing issues when it's like, no, bitch, you're actually just psychic. (laughs) Like, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like, so, so my background is, um, I, I was a special ed teacher for decades, an administrator. I have advanced degrees in, in mental health and counseling. So I've worked Mm -hmm. with fringe populations my entire life as far as neurodivergent or um, yes. um, institutions, lockup. I've worked with a lot, a lot of different types of people, a lot of folks that struggle with mental health or addiction issues. So I, I have a strong, strong professional background in that. And I think that you can't negate one for the other. I'm, some people, you you need you need medical intervention, you need uh, counseling, you need mental health practices. And equally, I think you're absolutely spot on. So many people may turn to, and this is a a very broad explanation of it, but I see a lot of people that self-medicate with substances because they're so sensitive or because it's too overwhelming to not and it can also lead to depression anxiety i'm not giving a diagnosis or a prognosis i'm not saying that in a professional manner but from experience i've noticed that people will either find a way to embrace this part of who they are or they'll try to find a way to shut it off to 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 numb it out to not experience it and i mean that's it's those arts are viewed in our culture Right. And when you think about one of the huge, huge gateways for intuition, mediumship is around 19, 20, 21 years old. That's when the gates really burst open. That's also when a lot of people leave home for the first time. They may go off to college. They may go off into a situation where they're, they have independence they're not used to, and they may decide to experiment with things. So they're getting that mix of being wide open and lowering their their threshold by bringing in substances by choice or by whatever. And I think that combination can sometimes cause uh, some serious sure. impact. Sure. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. So one of the things that I, I tend to hear a lot from folks who have really honed these gifts is that the experience, and I'll just speak from my my own experience of things related to mental health around like depression or anxiety, don't ever feel good, right? But what I've heard pretty consistently is when you are communicating with spirit or with your guides, it is an overwhelming sense of love. And I'm wondering if perhaps it's it's how we experience something. Although I'm sure you can get messages that cause you to feel sick or cause you to, I don't know, seemingly negative. That that goes back to the boundaries. That really does. I personal, I don't like scary ass shit here. I'm not going to go looking for it out there. (laughs) Yeah. I don't bring Uh, in. I'd be in trouble. All the scary and the woo. I I don't, that's not what I'm doing this for. And, And I, it's just not how I want to spend my time, my energy, or or what way I'm, I do this. I'm not saying that people don't. I have no desire to go into an abandoned asylum and find the people. I, I don't. Sure. Thank you. Um, but people love it and they're good at it. So are they being? They're yeah. using their book, their blueprint. They're using what they came to do yeah. and what what calls to them. But you're right. That goes back to your mm-hmm. question about mental health and you know psychosis versus. Am I making this up in my head? Spirit that is looking out for you will never, ever encourage you to do something that is harmful, that is hurtful, that is dark. It just doesn't happen. Let me ask you this. Do you ever go to places like museums or I'm just thinking some of the stuff that my husband and I, what we go and do, we'll be like, we'll go to ghost tours or we'll go to these historical places. And we went in Hawaii. We were at Pearl Harbor. and and i i would not normally classify myself as as being you know clairsentient or anything like that 
But Denise, I had the hardest time getting through that. Like I was shaking, I was crying, and then I felt like an ass because I felt like I was making it about me and I didn't want to pull the attention towards me. But I mean, it, it makes me emotional even to talk about it. Like, do you have to guard yourself against just like a, a nice historical outing <laughs> or things like that. See, that's a really, really good point because buildings, homes, museums, places of where traumatic events have happened, it, there's always a little residual energy that's held, that's left behind. I've moved around a lot, uh, lived in a lot of different states. So I, sometimes I'll think about, wow, there's a, a little part of my energetic blueprint. I live in a, a really old home in New England right now. And there's energy here. There's the energy of whoever has lived here. So you think about that, and then you think about where something horrific has happened. It's any type of public institution where there's hospitals. Oh, that is an absolute shit show to go into because because there's so much fear. There's anxiety. There's pain, and and you go in, and it's it's almost like getting slapped with it. But what you mentioned with Pearl Harbor, I've wanted to go to. Uh, the Holocaust Museum in Washington. Ooh. I want to, I need to, I, I really need to have that that experience. But it scares the shit out of me because I know I'm going to be a mess because it it's so much. Yeah. Uh, and I would go from a place of honor and respect and to, I think we have to be cognizant of what people have experienced in order to be able to support each other moving forward. Yeah, I kind of went, oh, Jesus, that's got to be like Twitter in real life where everyone's just screaming at the same time. <laughs> like Twitter in real life, that's what it's sounding like. Oh, my God. <laughs> over here, look over here, screaming, screaming. No, but I don't know if you like being out in nature, but you can feel that in if you're out in nature, if you're in the woods, you can feel the energy around you. And that's a fun way to practice. A great thing, jumping around to go back to the clear audience for a minute. If you want to know is go outside and just close your eyes and listen. And at first you're going to hear sounds and then listen to the next level. And you'll hear, you, you might start out hearing, oh, there's a bird. And then you start to hear the trees rustling. And then you start to hear the next layer. You're building that muscle memory. You're building that skill. And that's how it works for all of this. The more you do it, the easier it gets. Well, you very lovingly and unknowingly got me to my very last question, which I think is fantastic. And you've kind of already answered it. <laughs> but I, I know I've heard you, I've heard plenty of folks say that we all have this ability, that we all have it. Mm -hmm. And I, I I kind of look at it like a other skill set of like you can you can learn how to play an instrument or you can be naturally really gifted at it and i kind of look at it like that that there might i have a, a good friend of mine who always says about singing she's like there are some people who are just born beautiful singers and then there's others who learn who work at it and become incredible singers and so i kind of look at it like this where some folks it might be easier to tap in but it doesn't mean it's not possible for the rest of us so we've got one great tip of getting out there in nature and listening to the different levels of sound. What are maybe one or two mm -hmm. other things that if people are like, I'd really like to tap into more of my psychic abilities, or I think there might be some mediumship happening here, what would you do to encourage them to, to turn it on as opposed to pushing it away? So with the intuition, a lot of it is paying attention. And people may say, oh, I had a hunch or I had a feeling or you pick up the phone and you say, oh, my God, I knew that was going to be you. Or you get a flash of someone in your mind right before you run into them on the street or you're driving to you know, a place you always go every day. And something in your mind is saying, don't go that way. Take the long way. Don't. And you find out there was a, a traffic jam or an accident. That's just the normal way we use it in everyday life. You can, and some people say, keep a little notebook or on your phone or a little something to keep track of it. And you'll start to realize how often it happens. It happens a lot. But it for those of us that have that logical side that is constantly barraging the intuition and saying, no, but that could just be that, you know, blah, 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 fill in the, the blank with that. With the mediumship, see, that one's a little trickier. So I was talking to someone recently and I said what I did, and they gave me that look of, oh, you poor soul. 
Like you, you just oh, really don't no. have both wars in the water anymore, do you? Because yeah. they, it was so foreign to them to think that they would. This is it. Yeah. Dead is dead. You're over. You're done. But just invite your loved ones to come closer. Invite them to come in. When you think about them, send love. You know, open your heart and send love to your people in spirit. If you want to connect with someone, you can. And I've seen this work for a lot of people. Very practical little thing is. You sit down, say six o'clock at night, get a glass of water and just write, start randomly writing to your person in spirit. The first time you do it, 15, 20 minutes, set a timer. This is ridiculous. That woman's crazy. I'm not getting anything. You sit down at the same time, same place for a week, and you'll start to have a conversation going back and forth with your person in spirit. I've seen that happen for a whole lot of folks, but you have to get out of the way and you have to trust. I love that. Ooh. This that it's similar to some of the things that we do in hypnosis sometimes, which I know obviously you're you're skilled at that as well. That I feel like I could talk to you forever, and I'm just so incredibly grateful to just witness you and your gift, and to feel the optimism around what's possible, and uh, just I'm just internally grateful. Thank you so much, Denise. Well, thank you, and thank you for having me on, Amy. This is very. Very lovely. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, my friend. Well, I will let you go. And um, I'm sure you will know the next time I'm calling you. (laughs) (laughs) Take care. All right. Bye. Well, there you have it, y'all. That is a wrap for our series on spirituality. And I'll be quite candid. I'm not exactly sure what the next series is going to be. In fact, I believe that there are going to be some changes that are coming to the pod, but I'll definitely let you know as soon as I know. But I'm hoping that you enjoyed this series. I would love for you to let me know what your biggest takeaway has been. Scoot over to Instagram. You can find me under the handle Hey Amy Smith. I usually post a meme of the episode on the Monday that it drops. I'd love to hear what your biggest takeaways are, what you've been noticing, if you've been heightening any of your own psychic abilities based off of some of the tips and tricks and things that have been shared. And I will see you around these parts next week. And so please remember, you are enough. Your voice matters. So go out there and speak your bold-faced truth. Peace. Okay, wait, 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 just one more thing. So these podcasts, it turns out, don't actually rate and review themselves. So I would be over the moon if you would leave a review, rate the show, subscribe, and tell anyone you know who needs to start speaking the fuck up for themselves. And if you do, I will give you a mini pig. Just kidding, but I will be so very incredibly grateful. Okay, thank you, bye.